0: Oh, buddy, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, the Toronto Raptors pulled out a first round commanding victory over the Orlando Magic, and now we have our real test, the Philadelphia 76ers, coming up in the second round. And Ben, Paul Pierce, an infamous Raptors hater,
1: (laughs) and multiple other people that are always have the odds stacked against the Toronto Raptors, they are even on board with the Raptors having the edge in this series. I'm not entirely sure if the Raptors have an edge enough to be comfortable with moving on to the next round. I think this is going to be well fought, but let's get right into it, Ben, and break down... We'll do it We'll do it in a more structured way. We'll break down the keys, maybe the four keys of the series for how the Raptors can get away uh, with a couple of victories against the 76ers. Then, obviously, probably the most important thing, the key matchups, and that's going to be really yep. the emphasis of the entire series. And then we'll just talk about predictions... Et so start with what we think are probably the keys of the game You got the number one And you, you hit the nail on the head
0: Yep Key one to this series is shutting down Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid has been an absolute monster for the 76ers, even though, you know, he doesn't always have the, it doesn't always play, he isn't always healthy. When he's on the court, he's always a ferocious beast. You know, in the playoffs in the first round, he averaged 25 points per game, 14 rebounds against the Nets. You know, people, you know, he's only played four games, he missed one of those games against Brooklyn, but when he's on the court, the Sixers are a different team, and we do have Marc Gasol on the roster now, who's a defensive player of the year, has shown to be an absolute force on the defensive end. But, you know, Joel Embiid, he's going to be a guy that Toronto Raptors have to stop if we want to be able to win this series. And his health is going to be a big key for the 76ers
1: trying to advance Mm -hmm. in this series. Obviously, he was very questionable in the Brooklyn matchup. But surprisingly, even though both teams, Raptors and the 76ers, advanced in the same amount of games, the Brooklyn Nets gave a lot of challenge and a lot of difficulty, except for one game uh, against the 76ers. All the games were very close, despite... The, the Brooklyn Nets not really having any superstars. D'Angelo Russell having a breakout season and Kiaris mm-hmm. LeVert playing pretty well. Spencer Dinwiddie is the same. But no big intimidating big man. Nobody that could really match up with Joel Embiid and... That was the reason Joel Joel Embiid had to really come in and dominate the games that they won down the stretch. He had to do everything for them in order for them to just scrape by the the nets. So I think having the addition of a guy that not only with, like you said, the defensive capabilities of Marcus Gasol, but the size to match up against Joel Embiid, I think that's in favor of the Toronto Raptors, despite Joel Embiid being one of the best scoring big men in the league right now.
0: Yeah, you're not going to stop him, but you want to be able to slow him down, force him to shoot more long-range jumpers, even though he's capable of hitting them. The more Joel Embiid shoots the, the long twos or the threes, the better the Toronto, the better off the Toronto Raptors will be. But do you want to take it away with key two for the Toronto Raptors? Key number two, the man himself,
1: the our unanimous most improved player of the year, Spicy P, Pascal Siakam. He, he needs to continue to play. I have already dubbed him the most consistent player on the Toronto Raptors with... A significant amount of backlash from our commenters saying that 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 should go to Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard is obviously going to be the superstar of this series. But Pascal Siakam, if he's able to go in and do the same things that he did against the Orlando Magic, then Paul Pierce and all the the analysts, that's the reason that they have trust in the Raptors now. They're saying Kyle Lowry is the number two option. They don't have as much trust. But Pascal Pascal Siakam being able to do it at the next level, that's what makes the Raptors a next level team.
0: Yeah, that, that's for sure. I don't know if I agree with you on the consistency factor Is Kawhi Leonard when he's healthy, you know, when he's not sick or dealing with a quad injury, a hamstring, whatever, he, you know, he deals with. He's obviously usually our best player and he does it on a consistent night-in, night-out basis. But Pascal Siakam has established himself as the number two player for this roster. And, you know, during the playoff moments, he stepped up big time in round one. Obviously, he had some monstrous nights against the Magic, he ate up Jonathan Isaac and Aaron Gordon, whoever they tried to throw on him. So th- that wasn't an issue. But this is a much better bigger test in the 76ers. He's probably going to be guarded by a little bit, you know, I guess the Orlando Magic have some good defenders, but there's some high-profile names that he's going to go up against and I think Pascal Siakam has to outperform guys like Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler as the number 2 option because, you know, Pascal Siakam as I mentioned is our second star and the Sixers are loaded with star power. So we need our best players to really continue what they've been doing throughout the playoffs and Spicy P, you know, in his first real run as a established star in the post, you know, as for the Toronto Raptors Hopefully he he continues to step up under pressure, and, and it's going to be interesting to see. It. And it's
1: very likely, Ben, that it could come down to Pascal Siakam having important shots down the stretch, because obviously... Yep. Kawhi Leonard is going to be d- commanding so much defensive attention, right? Marcus Gasol mm-hmm. is going to be probably shut down by Joel Embiid. Um, so we're going to have to look from o- for offense from guys like Pascal Siakam if it comes down to a close game. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard is going to do his best to get his shots in, but I'd say if he's getting double teamed and Pascal's the number two
0: guy, he's going to have the opportunity to step up big time. Third key... We have one before we, fin- sure. before we get to key three, yep. one more point on Pascal. The obviously the Orlando Magic are a great defensive team, but they didn't really have a back end enforcer like the Philadelphia 76ers do. Joel Embiid is established as one of the best shot blockers, one of the best rim protectors in the NBA, and most of Pascal Siakam's buckets come from around the rim. So having Joel Embiid in the paint to kind of guard that, you know, ten to five to 10, 15 feet area, it's going to be interesting to see if Pascal can t- continue this this play or if he'll need to be able to shoot the three more often or shoot those mid range jump shots that he usually doesn't take. That's a very you know, good point. Might, that's a very good point. Yeah, he might have to switch up his game in this series. Yeah, and we're yeah, that's and that could be devastating for him,
1: or he could continue to impress us and surprise us with other ways um, of of getting the ball in the bucket. But number three, we can go with your number three, and then I'll finish with the, the fourth key, I guess.
0: Yeah, certainly. Key three for this series, for me, is the bench. The Philadelphia 76ers, like the Toronto Raptors, are loaded. In the starting lineup They have Ben Simmons at point guard J.J. Redick at the 2 Jimmy Butler at the 3 uh, Tobias Harris at the 4 Joel Embiid at the 5 You know, their whole starting lineup Is guys that maybe aren't all-stars But are fringe all-star caliber players I guess J.J. Redick isn't really an all-star But he's a lights-out 3-point shooter So they have a lot of star power But their bench has been their, their Achilles heel, so to speak I know they have Bobon, They have a few a few guys off the, off the bench that can play But the Toronto Raptors starting lineup's I think we can match up pretty solidly with that talented unit in Philadelphia, but the bench is where the Toronto Raptors can really set themselves apart from the Sixers. Fred Van Vliet... He had an up-and-down first-round series. I think he really needs to step up. Sergi Baca, I know Bond is coming off the bench, but he he needs to win that matchup. He's been a great center all year, you know, in terms of getting the... He's been averaging about 15-10 and 10 for most of the season, so he's got to outperform Bobon, who's probably been the best player off the Sixers bench in the playoffs. And got either Norman Powell, Patrick McCaw. We need that eighth man to play really well. Norman Powell, the last two games against the Orlando Magic, he was the X-factor that really, really boosted the Toronto Raptors in those blowout wins. So he's gonna. these three guys off the bench are going to be need to be key in order to have a have a solid series against the Philadelphia 76ers.
1: No, I absolutely 100% agree with that as well. The bench will play a significant portion of this game, and I expect that the three guys that you mentioned will probably get 20 to 25 minutes per game, and those need to be important, significant minutes. And there could be other guys mm-hmm. that step up too. We could see a Patrick McCall. We could see the return of OG Novi. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, we'll talk about that all in a bit. Before we go too, too long, the final point. I was going to say limit runs because that is a thing that the Raptors sometimes get down on, but you know what? Basketball is a game of runs, and I expect this matchup, this series, to be a lot closer throughout the games. I don't expect there to be, or I hope that there's not going to be big 20-point swings and huge leads. I hope that it's kind of close unless the Raptors can actually keep their foot on the gas. I think instead the fourth point the final uh, key to the the Raptors success is limiting Raptors killers because if we can stop Joel Embiid and Kawhi Leonard can do his business on uh, Ben Simmons then that should be enough I don't want to see the the main guys of focus be shut down just for the likes of Jimmy Butler to step up and get 30 points per game or Tobias Harris to come out and get 30 points per game I think if the Raptors Mm. go out and do their the defensive nitty-gritty against the big Two headed dragon of the Seventy Sixers, their young core. I don't want them to then let the third and fourth man up, then take over the game.
0: Yep. Yeah. No. That that's for sure. Their their whole roster, as I already mentioned, they're they're so talented. Obviously, Joel Embiid is the head of the snake, but they have a lot of guys back. You know who, who can put up big numbers in that be a record. Before we get into the matchups, one question I want to throw at you: besides Joel Embiid, who are you most worried for on the Sixers? I guess that could segue into the matchups.
1: Well, I said it the before. I think. I don't like the Raptors' killers, and the the mm-hmm. number one Raptor killer we remember it, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, and he had a yep. f- decent series, I guess, against the um, against the Brooklyn Nets. Tobias Harris played really well against the Nets as well, but I think the defending matchups, we'll talk about that in a second, will be pretty good on him. I don't I don't expect he'll be a big problem, but I could see the likes of Jimmy Butler stepping up, uh, and then other players not being able to help out a lot on his drives and stuff, and I could see that being a problem.
0: Yeah, for sure. Jimmy Butler's a guy we're definitely going to need to contain. But uh, let's just get straight into the matchups because my ideal kind of, if I was Nick Nurse and I was game planning for the Sixers and I want to, you know, finish the game with these sort of Mm matchups, I'd put Kawhi Leonard on Ben Simmons because the way that Kawhi just completely negates what he does for the Sixers has been kind of crazy in all the games that we played against them this season. I'd throw Kawhi on Simmons, Danny Green on Jimmy Butler. Uh, I'd throw Kyle Lowry on J.J. Redick so he can kind of get he doesn't have to deal too, too much and can kind of slip into help side, get some charges. I throw spicy P on, uh, Tobias Harris on the Sixers and obviously Marcus Allen and Joel Embiid. Do you, do you agree with those, that kind of tentative game plan from Ben Rogers, if he was co- coach nurse?
1: Absolutely. And I think it could go either way. If, um, if you wanted to put Pascal Siakam on Ben Simmons, I think that that could also work out pretty well, just in terms of sort of mm-hmm. the size and the length matchup there, and also Ben Simmons is best in transition, and Pascal Siakam is obviously the transition god of the Toronto Raptors, yeah. so if somehow the, the lineups needed to be shuffled around such that Danny Green needed to step up, for instance, to Tobias Harris, and then um, Kyle Lowry needed to be put somewhere, like on Jimmy Butler, obviously this... I can't see that happening, but if, if the if the lineups needed to be completely reshuffled, I would have trust in Siakam uh, and also being competent enough to guard Ben Simmons. But the way you put it down, that's the way I expect it'll happen, and I think that that's the most favorable matchup for the Toronto Raptors. I think that that actually gives them the advantage on the defensive end against the
0: 76ers. Yep. Well, you brought up Jimmy Butler, and do you think Danny Green, he's establish himself as one of the best defenders in the NBA, do you think he'll be able to do a good job and kind of negate a lot of what Jimmy Butler does? Because Danny Green has been has shown for the Toronto Raptors, he can lock down a lot of NBA players on the wing. Yeah, well, my issue is not Danny Green being able to contain Jimmy Butler.
1: My issue is, yeah. I alluded to it before, was the I mean, any defender that's good is not going to completely stop a player from scoring. These players are so talented at the offensive level that once they're good enough to get 20 points per game, they're pretty well going to be able to get 20 points per game, right? Or somewhere Mm -hmm. around that. And Jimmy Butler is a guy, I don't expect him to score less than 14 a game, for instance. What I can see being a problem is if his driving becomes... A bit of an issue just based off of ball movement whatever have you um, yep. and Marcus Saul needs to step up to help or Pascal Siakam if he's guarding Tobias Harris down low needs to step up to help then now you're exposing who's going to come in on the secondary help guarding Joel Embiid right because now you're yep. right the switch is going to be a much smaller man and that's what I see maybe being an issue is not Danny Green or any individual defender be, not being able to stop their man but Switches and help side defense. I think that that might be an issue that the Raptors definitely need to make sure that they control.
0: Yeah, certainly. Keeping the Sixers out of the driving lanes is going to be key. They have such great slashers. Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, they can all get to the rim. And, you know, now that they have J.J. Redick and Tobias Harris on the wings, they can kick it out to shooters, but... I think an X factor in the series is Tobias Harris. He's a guy that—he's kind of the forgotten player on the Sixers. Before he was traded to Philadelphia, he was looked at as a possible all-star this season. And, you know, he you mentioned he had a great series against the Brooklyn Nets. Pascal Siakam or whoever gets switched on him, whether it be Kawhi, Pascal, Danny, whatever wing player ends up guarding him, really is going to have to— Make sure he doesn't get hot, because I think the key to for the Sixers is they have so many shooters, so many guys that need touches, so many guys that need the ball, and are used to having the ball, right? So when they get their chance, when they get their opportunities, they need to be hounded defensively, so, you know, they're they they they're not going to have the ball enough to where they can get into flow, get into a rhythm. We've seen it in the, the first series where Aaron Gordon got a lot of touches, and he can really, you know, knock down his shots. Now, the Magic didn't have nearly as much talent, but regardless— when you kind of guard, when you shut down the main def- main people on the few possessions that they get, they'll get cold, and just keeping these guys out of a rhythm. It goes to your point on negating runs. When teams go on runs, it kills the Toronto Raptors as, you know, they, they just start hitting dumb shots, and no matter how good of defense you play, they're, they're just not going to be stopped.
1: No, I, I definitely agree. And, but what we saw with the, the Nets series and the 76ers was that when Joel Embiid was not in the game, I'm saying Joel like, pretty, qu- pretty quick, Joel obviously, uh, <laughs> when Joel Embiid is sitting on the bench and every other player is engaged in the game... This is a not mm-hmm. very spectacular Brooklyn Nets team. This is a very improved Brooklyn Nets team and a very good young group of talented guys. Yeah. But this is not a spectacular Brooklyn Nets team that should really be able to match up with all the superstar talent that's on the 76ers. And yet, with Joel Embiid mm-hmm. sitting on the bench or you know getting shut down on a few possessions, the game was in the favor of the Nets the whole time. So I'm not entirely yeah. worried about you know Tobias Harris being able to go on a run or Jimmy Butler being able to go on a run because two things that I saw was one that the chemistry wasn't really there like I thought it would be and two like you said Aaron Gordon had a lot of time against the Raptors to to make his offense work when there's so many guys in the 76ers that each individual player doesn't have time to get out of a slump if they're in one or
0: to try different things on offense. I 100% agree and the Raptors need to make sure they don't get in that groove. You know, that's that's a key it, it, it hurt gets back to your point on runs cuz they're so talented if they get in that groove that we didn't really see in the Brooklyn Nets series, then it could be over for the team. As a team that talented is they, they could make a run with the best of teams in the NBA, just have, considering that time, So we got to make sure they don't get the chemistry, don't get the groove, and the defense really has to be hounding on them when it comes to, you know, whenever they get the touches. They, we can't let up for any... I think if we let a game go similar to game one that's why i think game one in this series is so important if we take away the confidence of the philadelphia 76ers early we don't let this talent get all the swagger and all that together then i think it could be a pretty easy series for the raptors but if we give them a chance if we give them an opportunity we can make it a lot harder on ourselves than it has to be
1: two final questions for you to respond to and finish off this podcast ben One, you talked about how the bench unit of the 76ers is not as impressive as it is the starting lineup, but they were still Mm -hmm. commendable, I guess, uh, especially Boban Marjanovic. That's the main guy there, because coming off the bench, also Mike Scott... But Boban especially, seven foot, three, seven foot four. He's huge. Our biggest guy coming yeah. off the bench that we're going to play, Serge Ibaka, 610. Mm-hmm. Do you expect that the Raptors can respond well to a big lineup, right? If the because usually we're used to in the NBA, NBA team's playing small ball, and that's a challenge to match up to defensively, But the Raptors are fantastic at that. Can the Raptors match mm-hmm. up to the 76ers big ball? That's question one. and question two, how many games is this series going to go?
0: Whew. Okay, the second one's a, a hot question. But to your point on big lineups, the, mm-hmm. the the Sixers bench the only they play about four guys really a lot of minutes off the bench. Boban, James Ennis, Mike Scott, and Moose Greg Monroe. He's been getting about ten minutes per game in the first round, and TJ McConnell gets about ten minutes per game. But the rest of them don't don't get too much run. So they have a they have about four guys that are all pretty big. So to your point, they're going to run some big lineups off the bench and. Sergi Baca does a very good job at handling these bigger defenders, despite the fact he's a natural power forward, but a center in today's NBA, but I I think that kind of plays better in the modern NBA to the Toronto Raptors. When you have such big players on the court, they can kind of be, you know, for what they make up in, you know, rebounding and finishing down low, they kind of take away in terms of perimeter defense and being able to play in transition. And that's where the Raptors, at least bench, definitely thrives, right? We see Pascal Siakam running with Fred Van Vliet and Norm. They they love to get out and run, you know, because Siakam's run with the bench a lot. So I think we could maybe take advantage of that bigger lineup. But defensive rebound is going to be key. Bobon is known for just getting a ton of offensive rebounds for the Sixers. So he's going to be someone the Raptors need to be shut down. Marc Gasol might get some extended run in the series having to deal with Joel Embiid. And Boban, and obviously Greg Monroe is on this team. He's going to come out motivated. We know how former Toronto Raptors like to play mm. against the Raptors, so he might come out and surprise some people in this series. As for my prediction for the games, you know, people got mad at us, Riker, when we said sweep. They yeah. got mad. Yeah.
1: They so did.
0: I'm not going to call sweep again. I'm not. <laughs> but I, uh, if we win game one, I'm saying five. Wow. I'm I'm confident. That I'm confident, confident in this team. In in getting out here, I love the way Kawhi—beside from Game 1 of the Orlando series, we looked like an absolute monstrous team in the first round. I think if we play like that for this full series, there's going to be some close games. It's going to be a tough series, but— I'm very optimistic. People that listen to the podcast know I'm a I'm a Raptors homer when it comes to my predictions. But I think five games is possible. Hmm. I'm going Raptors in seven. I like your Raptors in five better
1: though. I like the optimism. I could, gotta win it on home. court. I could see them losing one on home court and one on the road. Mm-hmm. I could see them winning game seven at home. Obviously, that that's that's what I'm sort of predicting the way that everything uh, transpires. But like I said, hopefully you're right with the the game five or the five game. Um, total, to win it all. And other than that, I think we've covered everything. If everybody's stuck along this long, that's pretty impressive, but there is a lot to unpack here with this 76ers matchup, and this one will be so much more fun, Ben, than the Orlando Magic. Nothing against the Magic, but they're just not that exciting. This one is a real test to everything that the Raptors have been working towards, and I am so excited to see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can come out and dominate and put the league on notice. People are rooting for, you mentioned the beginning, people, it's weird to see media talk about the toronto raptors as favorites we've never been i've never been in this position for as a raptors fan so it's super interesting to see but let us know what you guys think about the raptors what's your predictions for the series let us know in the comment section below check us out on all platforms check out the twitter the instagram all that cool stuff you know stance stance giveaways for people that saw our instagram post we have a lot of cool stuff coming there Riker, you know any last words on this series um
1: like i said it's gonna be good it's gonna be good that's it cheers